Gig Gab, episode 25 for Monday, August 3rd, 2015. Greetings, folks. And welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast. Today, as I said, is Monday, August 3rd, 2015. And I am here in Durham, New Hampshire, Dave Hamilton. And Paul Kent out here in Las Gatas, California. We gave you the week off last week, Paul, which in turn gave me the week off. How was, uh, did you have a good week? I had a great week. We went to Hawaii. We enjoyed some relaxing, heard some music, had some great food. It was hot as hell, but we... um, the, the water was amazing. The pool, the ocean. The coolest thing we did, a nighttime snorkel with the manta rays. Whoa. Yeah, it was really cool. Wow, that's awesome. How, yeah. how was it lit? I mean, did you have like, like uh, underwater flashlights or? What they do is they, um, th- there's about six or seven boats that go out there and each boat kind of floats some big rafts and you hold on to these rafts. And then what the boats do and what's on the rafts is they shine water down to create plankton because the plankton is what the manta rays eat. And that's why they engage with you. So it was really fantastic. That's cool, man. Yeah, wow. it was, it, it was awesome. So I missed doing a show last week, but uh, my time was well spent. Yeah. Having some fun, fun yeah. in the sun. I got, you got to take a break. But yeah, I got quite a few emails about, uh, about your break. A lot of our listeners were not happy about this. <laughs> just, just so you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually took the time because it was, I knew this trip was coming up and I took the time and we, uh, I scheduled, I told the band, this is the week. If you're going to do a vacation, let's all take it at the same time. My, my trip was booked, you know, nine months ago. Sure. And so it was kind of a nice thing because we've been so busy. Everybody went in their own separate way, you know, and had some fun. And now I'm excited because everybody's going to come back hungry to play. We got some great gigs in August and September. So everybody's going to come back really hungry to hit it hard. So, you know, maybe it's a, kind of a fun thing to take a, a one week break in the summer, you know, go do something summery and then come back and get back to work. Hey, you're you're preaching to the choir, man. I'm, I'm Mr. Summer Travel here. So I, <laughs> I, I get it. I um while you were vacationing last week, I was playing my little butt off. Um. I I started another theater run last week with a local production of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's an awesome play. If you ever get the opportunity to see it, it's really funny, really well done. It's it's one of those rare instances where the play was made from the movie. Um, it was that movie with Steve Martin and I think Michael Caine, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Great story. You know, just con men. And I mean, t- t- the story is just totally preposterous. And when they turned it into a musical um, John Lithgow played the part of, I believe, Michael Caine, kind of the, the, the more seasoned con man teacher role. And so the, the role was just totally built for him. And, and the songwriting and, and stuff was, is just fantastic. I mean, it's really well done. So it was, but it's all this over the top kind of Broadway stuff because it didn't have to fit a niche. It just needed to be sort of preposterous. And, uh, and so there's there's parts where I'm triggering shotgun, you know, blasts and stuff in time with what's happening on stage and and that sort of thing. And uh, and because I'm Mr. Summer Travel, I couldn't do this whole run. And when they asked me to do it, I said, no, I you know, I'm out um, next week. In fact, we're recording a show ahead of time to make make sure we don't uh, skip it yet another week. 
And, uh, and I said, well, and, and then somebody actually a different music director, just, I happened to mention it to her. I said, oh yeah, they want me to do DRS, but I can't, you know, and she's like, why don't you split the show with Matt? Who is a, uh, he just graduated from high school. He played in the pit for fame, which was the high school musical this year that they did. And he, uh, was in the rock band club for the last two years that I coached at the high school. Great player really kind of reminds me of myself, frankly, uh, when I was in high school and I thought, Oh yeah, what a great opportunity. So I, ah. I, yeah. So I split it with him, but that created its own problems. Um, number one, we don't get a ton of rehearsals. In fact, we really, the only rehearsals that Matt and or I got to play on a drum set were this past week. We had two nights of dress rehearsals. Normally I have three for a play, but this particular theater opens on Wednesday nights. They play Wednesday, two shows on Thursday, a matinee and an evening, a Friday and a Saturday and no show on Sunday. A lot of most theaters, it's Thursday through Sunday. This is Wednesday through Saturday, which is kind of nice. But when you start the show, it means Monday and Tuesday are your only um, your only dress rehearsals or your only rehearsals. And because Matt and I were splitting the part, we each only got one night. So we split it. I did the first act on Monday night. He did the, the first act on Tuesday and, I, and we split, you know, we swapped for the second act. So opening night, I had only really played the show once through and not actually even once through, uh, you know, not all all at once. And oh, yeah. just to add some some confusion to the mix. We have a sub music director this week uh, or this past week. He's his, his run has finished. So he played with us. The, the, the main music director opened the show with us on Wednesday. And then, and then this guy, Adam uh, played the rest of it. So it was very chaotic and the show was much more difficult than I thought it was going to be. It's always weird. You know, you play along with the CD, you kind of go through the book and you learn the stuff and you're like, yeah, I got a feel for it. This is going to be fine. And then I showed up and the first act, especially totally ate <laughs> me for lunch. I mean, I was, I was lost. It was like, Oh, this sucks. But because of that, I went home, you know, and on Tuesday during the day before I showed up for the second rehearsal, I would shed it. I played the show three times through start to finish. Um, you know, spent a lot of time with it, figured it out because I'm one of those people where I have to play something once to, to get a feel for what it's like, to play i mean it's it's one thing to play along with the record but the instrumentation is always different you know and i think we're actually going to talk a little bit about this uh, you know in our topic tonight here talking yep. about songs so i always need to kind of feel it out and okay what's the important thing what can i skip what what can't i skip you know where how does this groove work with us as opposed to those guys that recorded the cast album or the you know whatever and uh and so matt went through the same thing, but he went through it on Tuesday night because he had the easier second act on Monday night. And the music director came to me, you know, halfway through the show or halfway through the thing on, on Tuesday night. And he's like, I don't think Matt can do this show. You know, and I'm like, Oh, he can. I said, you just weren't paying it as close attention last night. He's less of a train wreck than I was. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be fine. He needs to get scared. And guess what? He just got scared and, and it worked out oh. fine. He, he played the show Saturday night. Um, and I, and from what I, I wasn't there, uh, I figured if I went, it would be too awkward. So I, I, I figured I'd better not go. Um, but, uh, but I hear it went just fine. You know, that's cool. So you're a mentor. Yeah. 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 I enjoy it. I, you know, I, like I said, I mean, this is the first time I've done it in the theater realm, but, um, but you know, doing the, the coaching, the rock band club and stuff has, has been a lot of that. I really like it. Yeah. But I'm sure it's kind of fun to pass down, you know, your knowledge, especially when someone is, 
is eager to soak it in, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, the show Wednesday night opened. It was fine. Um, Thursday was a little weird because it was the different music director. And then Friday night, it really locked in and it's actually kind of cool. I'm looking forward. I only have three run three performances left. I'm going to do Wednesday one on Thursday and then another on Friday. And then Matt takes over Saturday night and, and runs the, the rest of the run. And these are not union gigs, huh? No, they're not. They're, um, they're, they're not union gigs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's enough money on the table for them to be. They sometimes some of the actors are union actors, but mm. none of the musicians are, to my knowledge. Yeah. I don't, All right. I, so I don't, I don't know what that means, but there you go. But that's that's so that's the plan I've been doing. Yeah. Good. Yep. Oh, did you have any fling gigs or chafe gigs last week? No, that was uh, I had I had uh, I was stacked with the theater this coming weekend. I do, which is part of why I can't do. Uh, I can't do Saturday night cause I've got a, a fling gig and then the following Saturday night, another fling gig. So cool. Yeah. And do you have a lot still stacked up for the rest of August or is it going to start tapering down or get more busy or what? Um, I've got a couple Lisa and I are going away midweek next week. Um, so that'll, that'll take some, some time away, but yeah, I think we've got a couple more gigs coming coming up. Not a huge amount. Some more actually in September is, is kind of heating up for us. At this point. Well, I'll look forward to September because we have that big thing that I organize in my town. So, yep. that, you know, I told you I wanted to do a big, so, you know, you talked about those cool self-promoted ones you do and yeah. how rewarding they've been. So we have this one that we've done. This is the third year of it. And I'll just kind of tease it for now. So we call it the Los Gatos Park Dance. It's in a huge park in our town that I live in. Um, it's it's done in conjunction, really kind of sponsored by uh, a community foundation, a, a nonprofit, you know, that's in the town that, that just goes about doing good things and are, you know, raising money for schools and scholarships and, you know, park nice. needs and, and social needs. So anyway, it's been great. It may explode this year. So just, just from the number of RSVPs to the first Facebook invite page, five weeks, six weeks out, it's more than triple what it was the day of last year. So we're actually starting to have a little bit of concern that it's going to be too too crowded <laughs> and you know like seriously you know you, you know you want everybody to have a good time you want everybody to be safe and so you know diverting money to you know safety issues and doing all the thinking about parking things and the woman that i work with is an absolute doll i mean she's the executive director of this of this uh community foundation she does all the real heavy lifting and she's really well connected in my town so she's she does the really hard stuff and i kind of give her the event advice and then my band plays and that's but, over um, that's over labor day weekend right yeah, the Saturday, we wanted to kind of try and create a new tradition in our town. So it's the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. This is the third year. Yep. It was good the first year. It was very good last year, but it might have hit, <laughs> hit the yeah. tipping point. Well, and uh, I was going to say, we've been through that before, right? We we went through that with Cirque du Mac where it definitely, uh, you know, exploded. We, it exploded and, and totally outgrew the venue that we were in. And eventually we actually moved it. That, but we we moved it out of sync with when it outgrew it, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, again, there's that tipping point of you want it to be packed, and you want it, you know, people to, you know, a certain small percentage of people to not be able to get in because that means all right, it's packed, it's sold out, right? Sold out's awesome, but when triple the amount of people that want to get in can't, now maybe that's not so good. So I know well, exactly. I mean, what this is through. Yeah, this is a huge park. It's sure. not a question of capacity. For us, it's a question of money. You know, we get 
we get some amount of sponsorships from like the social, the service clubs, you know, the lions and Kiwanis in town and that type of stuff. And we get a couple of private donations, but it's a different thing to service 5,000 people than it is to service 3,000 people or 2,000 people or 1,000 people. Yeah. So just things like, you know, public safety is one garbage pickup is another bathrooms. Um, uh, sound system is an, you know, it's a different size sound yep. system. Once you start getting up that big. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got to start thinking about, do you put delays up? Right. I mean, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh. So I'll be able to report back. That's going to be September 5th. So maybe we'll do a show and I'll kind of report how this big self-promoted thing, but right now, third year, we've got about 1200 people RSVP'd with still five weeks to go. Wow. And so, yeah, dude, that's it's, awesome. It's, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, the pessimistic guy. It, you know, you it, just don't want anybody ever to get hurt. You want people to have course. a good time. And, you know, it, there's, you know, things can happen. So we're, we're trying to be very focused on the safety part of it right now. Yeah. And, and, and when you get that number of people together, it doesn't matter how great of a job you do there's going to one of them is going to have some sort of issue there now hopefully it's a minor issue right but i mean it, it's just the law of averages says that something slightly less preferable is going to happen to someone um, well all, all i can say is the last two years we've had absolutely nothing awesome people people have shown up they've been entirely cool everybody gets along it's been it's been a beautiful night in the park for a community is what it's been well that's and awesome we, yeah. So, we, you know, law averages hasn't caught up with us yet. We've got plenty of public safety that's going to be there sure. and we, we've got it. But do you have enough when it when it gets that exponential and, yeah. you know, is is uh, uh, so let's keep our eye on it and, uh, and maybe we'll do a show just on that. I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about. I mean, I'm excited about building the set list for it. We have a great opening band that's, you know, getting people warmed up a little earlier in the evening. Nice. We get, we play from seven to nine thirty. So, you know, I'm going to talk to my guys if they can. We usually, I think we've talked about this before. Um, two hours or less, we do straight through. Yep. Over two hours, we'll take a break. Okay. But this one, I kind of don't want to lose people. So I, I kind of, I'm going to talk to my guys and see if they're all on board to doing two and a half hours straight, you know, maybe, maybe still a few minutes between, you know, last regular set and the beginning of the encores or something like that. But, but, uh, you know, the couple of cool little nuances to doing this, that I think it'll be fun to share with everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you that you should just play straight through. That's thank you. That's the right thing. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, you, but you can feel it out too. You know, there's that, we do that at a lot of our, especially the chafed gigs, um, a lot of those, we just wind up running straight through because we're all kind of of that mindset, but, um, they're, they're Remember, comes, brass players. Yeah. That I know there's a physical consideration there. Yeah. 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 There's a physical consideration for everybody, but you're right. The brass players have more of it that they, they carry, they carry a very specific load there. Yeah. Different type of blisters. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. But yeah, you know, we always, we have that thing where we feel it out. And, and once you get past that hour and a half point, you can't stop. Right. I, so you got to, you know, you, you feel out the crowd. Could we take 10 minutes, 15 minutes right now? And if so, do we want to, or are we okay going straight through and what, you know, you've got to kind of feel that out at exactly the right time and then, and then make your decision and live with it, you know, one way or the other. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and some of the things that are coming into play is like, we've, we've gone through the summer. Like I told you earlier, we we've added a lot of new songs, some are working great. Some are mm -hmm. okay. But I, this has got to be like a greatest hits show. This has got to be like 
from down. This is not experiment time. This is from downbeat to encore, you know, play the stuff that makes people crazy. And so weeding through the songs, bringing back a couple things that we set aside. And we actually did this uh, last two gigs. I brought in a couple songs we haven't played in a year. And, you know, it's just kind of nice. They felt fresh again. You yep. leave them alone for a while. You put them on the shelf. You take them off the shelf. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that song. So, you know, that was really we have um, uh, an in excess song called What I Need. Oh, that's a great tune. What You Need. What, what you, you need. What yeah. you need. Yeah, yeah, that's what right. What you need. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and we played it for a couple of years and it was it was good, but it you know, not a showstopper. We played it at a private party all of a sudden and Nick felt a different part for it. All of a sudden the thing felt brand new, fresh, really fun and exciting to play. And so we'll have we'll be able to bring back a couple songs that have been on the shelf for a while. We got a couple of special songs. We've been fortunate that a lot of people have come to see us many times. Our shows are never the same day to day. But we really want to pull out a couple of cool new things for this one. So we're, you know, we got a, a rehearsal scheduled where we're going to kind of either try some new stuff or bring back some stuff we haven't played in a long time and see if we can do something special for the people. So I'm, I'm so just I, excited I, about I, it. I, I want to talk to you about that. This is an interesting thing, though, because we we've done a couple of these, you know, with Fling where we've created our own event and, and the pressure's on right more. I, I feel it more so than I do at a typical club gig, whether or not I should is, is, you know, probably a whole other conversation, but, but I yeah. do, right. You know, like j- exactly like you said, we want it. This has to be a greatest hit show. This has to be, you know, the one where we just knock it out of the park all the way through. And sometimes I feel like, you know, as the one who writes the set list and as the one who kind of controls the flow of the evening in the band more or less, Uh, I have, I feel like I've overdone it before, you know, sometimes greatest, greatest hits is a, is a, is, is a, a wide range of things, right? And if I play greatest hits, meaning all the stuff that has just like pure energy start to finish, that's too much. It, you need to give not only the, the, the crowd, but the band, you, you got to give yourself room to breathe, and actually settle in and sink in because otherwise the adrenaline takes over and, and sometimes it's just too much. I totally agree. And I'm, I'm aware of that. And, yeah. And we have, we have a store of songs that are the nice tempo changes. Here's a perfect example. Um, let's get it on. Mm-hmm. Totally changes the mood for one song you play that opening riff and you hear screams all yep. the way, you know? So, so yeah, it's not just about adrenaline from beginning to end. It's about a great show that gives everybody something. Yes. Dancing would be at the top, but for those who do, like, you know, it's not everybody. A lot of people just bring their lawn chairs and just sit back for a nice night of music. Sure. Are we playing songs that are nice and representative that'll touch a wide range of people? There's a lot of different things that go into what my thoughts about a greatest hits are. Yeah. It's a greatest hits that everybody, you know, we have songs that are, we have one songs on the radio now we have you know we have maybe got a couple of bruno mars songs we've got a couple of newer songs sure and there are a lot of kids that come with their with their parents to this it's a nice night out for family so we got to play that stuff and so yeah greatest hits means a lot of different things to a lot of different people to me it's a well-rounded show that shows that my band can entertain anybody yeah and you, you're right you, you know those mid-tempo tunes when you do pull it back those are the ones that you you almost have to be the most careful about picking because you need them, as I said, right? You know, and I think we're in total agreement here. You've got to have them to to round out the show and give it some pacing and some ebb and flow. But if you they those have to be the tunes that people go, oh, I love this song, right? You you get a high energy dance kind of number. 
where, you know, the tempo's up a little bit. Even if people don't know the tune, if they're up and moving, they might just stay up and moving, right? You can kind of carry them along. But when you slow it down, it's got to be a tune that people know. And it can't be some weird little, you know, navel gazing sort of self-satisfying tune. Exactly. You, you know, well, it's um, got it's got to be that come together is one that that I always use for that exact purpose because that everybody knows it, you know, and we play it well and but it's it's got to be those types of tunes. In, at so we have three. Gig. Yep, okay. We, well, we have more than three, but let me think about these off the top of my head. So like I said, let's get it on is just you cannot play the first lick of that, that right. guitar lick, that wah-wah, and people not just dig it. We have uh, Let's Stay Together, Al Green. That's a good one. Yes. My Girl is, you know, if you're not dancing, you're singing. You got it. And that My Girl works in almost every room. And, you know, it might be one of those songs that could be accused of being, you know, over-covered or, or poorly covered. And, you know, you can put it in the in the Who, ca- who care cares? Business. People like it. Yeah, that's right. We, well, and we've had that conversation. So, yep. so uh, my girl works pretty well. And then we've got, you know, with the big horn section, we have some of Tower of Power slow songs, still a young man. Yeah. Right. It, it's a slow song, but, you know, with a five piece horn section and, and the way it drives is just a really beautiful thing. And so that that song works for us to just take it down without losing the edge of the show. And that's right. really what we're talking about. Right. That's we're, what talking we're talking about, about. Yep. a change of pace without getting, you know, milk toast or, you know, saccharine sweet. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. 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 So we've got, we've got a couple of those. I'm, and I'm, I'm looking through our song list as I'm, as I'm coming up with them. Uh, Nowhere man is one of those, you know, where you can bring it down. And, and yet again, it's pe- it's a song people know the easy one uh, is Wonderwall, the Oasis. Oh tune. yeah. Right. You know, I I've played that song at the beginning of the night in the middle of the night and at I've played it as the last tune of a super high energy gig and it still goes over well. People are like, oh, this is awesome. We get to sing along, right? It's just that that thing and it works. So that one's there. Um similarly, Oasis's uh Champagne Supernova can work. Great song. Yeah, but but it's much bigger than you think. Because the <laughs> intro is very you know, the intro is is very light and airy and there's parts in it that are light and airy, but it's a six and a half minute song that yeah. gets huge in the middle. So you've got to, you know, it's one of those things you've got to be aware of what you're about to deliver here. But but again, it's that's that change of pace. Comfortably numb is kind of the same sort of thing. But um, it, but again, it gets huge or it, it can, you know. Well, it has a kind of like pad synth type of, yeah. you know, moving vibe to it that you got to. What do you, you know, what do you do? Do you, you don't have a keyboard that does that, do you? Yeah, we we have uh, Aaron plays that on keys. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 it, cool. and it and it works well, and the harmony's really nice, and the guitar solo's really nice. You know, it's all. I mean, it's all very nice. It's how it's it's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and, I mean, if you think about the things that a band wants to do, so so you want people to dance, but not everybody dances. So you want people to sing, you want people to play air guitar, you know, you want you people want to, to nod connect. their head. You want them That's to connect. It. That's it. What and whatever is the most convenient way for them yep or multiple ways right and like i said i guess if you're doing your job right you'll get them to do it in multiple ways and some nights you're doing your job right and some nights you're not and a lot of times it's you get to the end and you're like what was different this time what did i do different and sometimes it has nothing to do with the music right no it's the ether it's the something in something in the air (laughs) oh you're not talking about giving your audience ether that's different Uh, no that's that's a that's a (laughs) Tried and true method, but that's not what I'm talking about. Whole other vibe. No, but you're right. Well, and sometimes I find it's 
it's it's me, right? If I get there and I ignore everybody that's there and I set up and I'm just in my own world and then start the set, um, I'm not in the right vibe to connect. So I find that, and, and maybe, maybe this serves two purposes, but I find that if I stop before we, you know, even while we're setting up, but certainly after we set up and before we play, if I just go out and say hi to a couple of people that I don't know, you know, even people that I do know, but it helps if it's people I don't know and just get into that mode of, yeah, it's okay that, you know, I'm, I, cause I've, I've said it before I come across as gregarious, but I'm naturally just a shy guy. So I kind of have to turn on that switch and say, okay, yep, I'm here to entertain. That means we're going to connect with each other. And the easiest way to remind myself of that is to just go up to a stranger and talk to him, you know, and say, thanks for coming. I hope you like it. What are you, what's your favorite band? You know, maybe we'll do something that they know, you know, come up with a couple of jokes or whatever. And, and a, yes, that engages them already, but it also puts me in the right mode of engaging. And that's, that's the important thing to, to be in that mindset when I hit the for stage. Sure. Yeah. I'd actually take it one step further. It, it, it takes the whole band being engaged. One person yeah. not engaged will change the vibe of the delivery of it, almost any song. That's and true. sometimes if the whole band is like exhausted, you played a bunch and everybody arrives in the same place of exhausted. Sometimes that can make some pretty interesting music, but, but the point of it is, is that, the band has to be a unified force in whatever direction it's going to go. And that usually is the big catalyst that, that translates the music. Yep. One guy, one guy not into it can just basically throw off a whole gig. It can. Yeah. I, I mean, you have to be careful. You know, the, the rest of you have to be careful to not get dragged down by that guy. I mean, hopefully you can sort of bring that person around and, and bring them up. But if they're going to stay down, you got to just ignore them. Or ignore that part of, of whatever. Do your job. You just got to do your job. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's about being a pro. Yeah. So I was thinking uh, this is the beginning of a great conversation because we really haven't talked about songs and music. I mean, we talked about managing a band and promoting a band and, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff. But we really haven't talked about repertoire in a while or, you know, got into some of the nuances of repertoire. So I just thought it would be kind of fun tonight just to talk about songs Maybe, you know, cool stuff you've tried recently, um, songs that are working that you never thought would work, songs that will not work no matter what you do to it. Just <laughs> anything about, song, you know, and there are songs that fall into all these categories, right? Yeah. Good example is Beatles stuff. Beatles stuff is really interesting to me. Beatles stuff is kind of like the Bible. I mean, if you're going to uh, if you're going to try some of the more ambitious Beatles stuff, it's not for the faint of heart. You're probably not going to go there if you're not if you're not. Um, respectful of what the outcome has to be. That's what I mean by it's about the Bible. I mean, if you're going to go into some of the really, you know, interesting harmony stuff and some of the interesting um, instrumental stuff, I don't, I actually find that there are really good Beatles tribute bands, but, but most people screw up Rolling Stones songs. And it's an interesting dynamic to me. It's, it's almost like you approach most Beatles, maybe, maybe because of the complexity of it often, with reverence, but Rolling Stone stuff, people think they can just play and, and just go along. And a good example is, yep. yeah, Start Me Up is, is oh. one of those songs that cover bands just pummel to death. They don't respect the space. They don't respect the tone of the guitar. You know, there's all sorts of things. It's a very airy, simple song that is one of the greatest grooves in the history of grooves. But I hear cover bands just muddle that poor thing to death over and over and over. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the song that, I feel like bands and I think I've I've committed this crime too that to completely over muddle and kill is brown sugar. 
It's, yeah. you know, it, it, because it, it, you can think about it. Oh, it's just a, you know, it's just a big rock basher. Well, no, it's, it's actually quite, you know, delicate. Subtle. It's subtle. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of, I think a lot of what happens with the stone stuff it, now, the Beatles were a two guitar band, too, but nobody thinks of them that way. Right. You know, right. the Stones, everybody says, oh, it's a two guitar band. Right. Well, the Beatles were a two guitar band, too. And the difference there is both guitar parts were very separate and easy to hear the 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 different parts. Right. Uh, not necessarily easy to play or cop that vibe, but easy to hear that. Yeah, it's two different things. Whereas with the Stones, those two parts come together as one. And a, art. it's an art and we've talked about it, but a lot of times what happens is you get two guitar players that just want to grind through these stones tunes. And it's like, no, even if it's just one guitar player, it's like, leave some space, you know, f- figure out where that space is and play it. Don't, you know, don't, uh, don't just fill it all up. It, yeah. Would you say Charlie is uh, an easy style to cop or a very, very difficult style to cop? Yes. <laughs> well, love it love it well that's i mean that's the right answer he um he well first of all like all good drummers he's a great timekeeper you know yeah. there's no question there his groove i've always said um and i probably kind of backed off on this a little bit in recent years but i i for a long time i've said and i'll say it again that uh ringo and charlie were in the wrong bands they should have swapped and and the, but but I, I don't actually believe that what I'm saying is Charlie played the, the groove that, that Charlie played was more like what everybody else in the Beatles were playing. And the groove that Ringo played was more like what everybody else in the stones were playing, but having those kind of, and, and I'm talking about beat placement, like where they actually drove things, but the fact that they played opposite, you know, the, their respective bandmates is what made those grooves work. And so with Charlie's stuff, you have to be, um, you know, everybody else is so far behind the beat and Charlie kind of, he plays where he's more pushing it, you know, and, and that's, a- and that style where he's, he's rarely hitting the hi hat and the snare, you know, he, he lets off the hi hat when he hits the snare. Yeah. Very linear is, is that's what we drummers call it. And David Garibaldi in tower power is kind of the, the king of that. Uh, whole linear thing where you're, you're never playing more than one instrument simultaneously, but yeah, Charlie, Charlie did it. I I think I, I know I read an interview with him where I think he said that he did it so that he could really get a big sound out of the snare drum without, you know, he could kind of move his hand out of the way and whack it. And it just kind of became a thing because you'll notice he doesn't do it. If he's riding on the toms, he just, you know, then he will play both at the same time, like, like in Brown sugar. Uh, But, um, but yeah, with the symbols, he he leaves room and he just hits that snare drum, man. And you know the funny thing is, I mean, there's Charlie Watts backing up the Rolling Stones in front of stadiums, and he's got his little 18 inch kick drum sometimes, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but it it works because it's this this other thing. And uh, but also him leaving space because Wyman is kind of a yep, he's, he's kind of a busy bass player, right? Mm-hmm. He's 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 moving quite a bit, and. He, you know, if Charlie didn't leave that space, it would be muddled and the groove would be harder to find. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Charlie lays it down. Yeah, for sure. And, and you have to, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, it's almost like covering Keith moon parts, right? Where you, you can't just play it like a normal drummer. If you want, if you want to honor the style, you can't just bash through it. You have to really come in and respect, you know, what, what the song is. 
or yeah. accept that you're you're going to do it in a different way. You're going to take this song and and interpret it as a garage band would, which is what a lot of people do. You know? Yeah. What's your favorite Stone song to play? Wow. Um, Ever played to, Under My Thumb? I love playing Under My Thumb. That's yeah. a groove. Yes. And you know, when the Stones used to open with that and just let that intro just groove, just and, you know, until, yep. yeah, it's, that's amazing stuff. That's yeah. magic. It is. It's a, and that's a hard one to play uh, on, on, on all instruments. I remember we used to play it in, in a band I was in called the Responders. Uh, and I actually sang that tune. And, uh, but man, I mean, there were some nights where it just, it fell into place and it was like magic. And other nights it just, it's hard. It, I mean, yeah. it's got those moving lines and again, you've got to have that, that separation. If everybody's placing the beat in exactly the same spot, it doesn't work. You've got to have a little bit of that pocket. Um, yeah, that one's fun to play. I actually really like playing. Let's spend the night together. Mm. That's kind of a fun one. Cause there's a break in the middle and that, you know, that whole run and, and you've got to come back in and, and again, that's that, that song pushes and pulls and pushes and pulls throughout it. So that, that's a fun one. Yeah. Wow. So we've been having a lot of luck with satisfaction lately, it, it, but uh-huh. it took a long time. So Joe and my band is a huge Stones fan, and he's he's very much about the nuances of Charlie. And I don't know what it was. I, I can't even I can't place a blame on it, but it was a very average song that all of a sudden this year just kind of kicked in. We got a great horn chart, we got a nice little audience participation part to it, and uh, you know people <laughs> people love singing Satisfaction. That's a that's a crowd favorite for sure. Sure. So I want to go back to Beatles songs a little bit here. We've spent some time on Stones tunes. Um, and I, I think, you know, with the Beatles stuff, and I think with all of this stuff, you know, you say there's a reverence to the Beatles. Obviously, you and I feel a reverence to the Stones, even though we've clearly noticed other people that don't. And I've noticed other people that, you know, at least don't play Beatles songs in a way that conveys they feel a reverence, whether or not they do. Um, I, I think it's it's about what you care about, right? And And... With the Beatles stuff, uh, the harmonies to me, um, and and the and the drive of it, it has to be that kind of you know lighter um, pop. Pop, yeah, it's got to be pop, yeah. And the, and the harmonies need to be there, but the instruments need and the instruments need to support the fact that those harmonies are there. But it's the kind of thing where if the harmonies aren't going to be right, you you shouldn't play the tune. And, yeah. and I always hate gigs where I find myself on stage and somebody says, Oh, play a Beatles song. And the band doesn't know any Beatles songs. And somebody says, Oh, we can play day tripper. It's like, well, really? Uh, okay. You know, here, here goes <laughs> nothing. It's going to be terrible. Right. You know, because everybody sort of knows the words, but man, locking in those harmonies, it's hard. And if you don't practice it, you're not going to do a service to that tune. But again, yeah. I, it comes back to, you know, if I'm the only one on stage that that truly cares about it and everybody else is like, oh, it's just fun. Well, no, it's not fun for me. If it's no. fun for you, <laughs> it's not the same stuff. We play Day Chipper and we have good two part. And then uh, under the solo, we have three part harmony yep. and it, it pops really well. We worked on I always wanted to end shows with the end. And oh, we yeah. have worked on that and worked on that and worked on that. And, you know, we get it we've gotten it pretty darn close instrumentally, but that, that last kind of aria style, that last vocal harmony that takes it to the end is, is, uh, you know, when it comes out of the jam is really, you know, I, I can't, it's, it's not a simple harmony because it moves in a funny way, 
And uh, we haven't been able to get that one. I mean, Nick can sing anything. So, you know, he, he's jumping all over the place. But that one's really, really hard for a, for a for a not trained singer. I work it and work it and work it. But as soon as we sing it, I'll go to somebody else's part. And it's that, just it just doesn't happen. And that's the problem with those three part things that the Beatles have. We've been having that problem with Tell Me Why. Uh, it, you know, it's work. It works as a two part harmony song. But there is a third part. And I've been in bands where where we played that song and played it properly. And I was the one assigned that George part, that third part. And it's really hard to hear where your place is and find it. And and like you said, harder even to stay there and not just fade to, you know, the the part above or, or below you. And, uh, and that's what we're having here. The same kind of thing. I mean, it's exactly the same thing I went through when I sang the part. Mike is, is having the same problem. And we did it acoustic just actually at a campfire kind of thing the other night, but it, it just so happened that most of fling was there and we wound up playing some tunes and that was one of them. And, and I, and I had always been, I've been like, wow, what's, you know, what's going on? Why doesn't this song work? And when we did it that way, I heard he was you know, just, he was never singing his part. He was either singing, you know, the, the mine or the, 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 the one below or above me, those parts. It's easy to cross. do, you know, yeah. when you hear them. Yeah. Yeah. It's you just right. You just, yeah. You got to find it. And so, but that's actually another thing is, you know, when you're starting to work out those harmonies and even after you've been playing a song for a while, strip it down, just pull out an acoustic guitar and play it through and just sing it and hear where it goes. And, and you can find those little things where you're like, Oh, actually let's tweak this or let's scratch that harmony part. You know, it works with mm-hmm. these two. And that's kind of where I'm feeling. Tell me why my go is like, you know, sorry, man, it's just, you know, it, it's not working. It, it, there's two, two Beatles songs that, that uh, cover bands historically destroy. Saw her standing there. Mm right? Mm-hmm. Take the damn distortion off your guitar. And there's actually, you were talking before, you were talking before about how, um, you know, there are very separate parts. There is some great lessons on the internet about all of the nuances, all of the subtleties of Harris. That is some amazing playing Harrison did at that age, you know, just really subtle stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, nuanced stuff. So saw her standing, there would be one. And the other one, of course, because you can, would be helter skelter, which mostly just just vocalists just kind of screw that up. But yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Uh, that's true. But that one you can kind of you know. Yeah, that that one's sort of over the top anyway. But but again, I mean, it's you know, it's there. But there are some things about helter skelter, like the harmonies are. I and I actually I'm going to get this wrong because it's been a while since I've done it. You know, the first time through they're on the beat, and then the second time through, right. second and third time through they're on the upbeat. And you you know, if you're going to do it, just get that right. You know, just I mean, again, it's the kind of I don't know it. If somebody said that we're going to play it tomorrow night, I'd give it a listen. Like, oh, that's right. That That's that's how this goes. And actually, if I were in the middle of it, I'd, it'd probably come to me because I've done it probably 100 times. But I can't think of it now. Um, my favorite Beatles song to play. And it and, and there are others that I actually enjoy playing more. But in terms of playing for a crowd, uh, I love playing a day in the life. Because it's a tune that most cover bands just won't even think about playing, uh, and it's it's actually one I like to end a show with, especially if it's been kind of a crazy show and lots of energy all over the place. Instead of just finishing with yet another dance number, I always like to you know kind of turn the energy around and be like, all right, here, enjoy this, you know, and and we play it and we play it well, and we've we've worked really hard on on getting it right and. Uh, Getting That's it right in ambitious. our way. Yeah, it is ambitious. And and it's ambitious 
every time we start it, you know, we all start it and it's like, okay, everybody's on high alert, no matter what, nobody, nobody says, Oh, cool. I can just groove through this. You know, uh, you got to, got to pay attention. Yep. We did, we did a uh, Sergeant pepper and a little help from my friends. Mm. So again, with the big horn section, it's a song that not a lot of bands can pull off. Sure. And you know, it's really fun and, and, you know, it rocks and then everybody sings along to a little help from my friends. So right. that's a, that's a, that's a great one. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. 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 Now, how do you, and again, I, you know, I, I think this, the, the crux of this whole conversation comes down to what do you as a, a musician or frankly, just as a fan of music, what do you care about? And, and that's going to drive the, the places where you say, no, we shouldn't do this song because we're not going to do it justice. Whereas, oh, I, you know, I don't have any uh, emotional attachment to this song. So sure, we can do it any way we want. It, it's all going to be fine. But what do you do? And this is a perhaps requires a very delicate answer because we're talking about people that we play with. But what do you do when you attempt when somebody brings a song in? Maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody else that. It, one or more band members simply cannot cop the written part for the song. Right. I mean, I mean and, and it could be a drum part. It could be a guitar part. It could be a bass line, you know, keyboard part, whatever it is. You know, how do you it, it, how how much simplification of the part do you tolerate before you say, you know what, this song is bigger than us as a band, because that's really yeah. what it comes down to. That's a really interesting question. I would say we start with the answer of. So written as opposed, you know, not everybody reads. And so, no, and I know, mean, written, interprets. I mean, is, is the recorded part, right? The part. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Written is um, air quotes. Yeah. I I've gotten to the point where this is actually more of a, more of a leader question than it is a music question, because there are songs that people like that they don't, they, they don't play the part. We used to have a saying in our band. <clears throat> we used to have a saying in our band that if you can't improve upon the part that's there, play the part that's there. Yeah. Right. Which is a good, it's a good starting point. However, however, what if you can't even play the part that's there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, it, often happens what happen- to all, it happens to all of us. I mean, it, you know, I, I consider myself a pretty good drummer, but there are parts that are bigger than me, you know, and, and either require a lot of work or require a lot more work. <laughs> it's a you know? pretty rare thing where if a guy brings a song that he wants to do that, he can't handle his part of it. Right. That's usually if the guy brings a song and is imposing a style or a, you know, a nuance in somebody where it's not quite their, not quite their thing. And um, that's it. So, so the answer is this, we give it a try. Yep. We see if, you know, you, you're saying, All right, you're going to play the song. It's, you know, got this feel. It's got, do what you can with it. Yeah. And the guys have gotten to a pretty good vibe with each other. Like you're assuming everybody in the band is, is bringing their best to a song, whether it's a song they brought in or so, a song that someone else has asked them to learn. Sure. Everybody's kind of on a, on a, on a trust basis that I'm going to give this song my own within what I have. Yep. And then we go out and we try it. And, you know, there's like I was saying before, there's there's a lot of songs that we learned special for this year. Some are working better than others. Yep. Some of it is because certain parts are not right. Some of it is because the group feel of a song is going in a different direction. And, uh, you know, there's 
there's plenty of songs out there. I, I'm usually the one who has the hardest time giving up on something. I kind of, yeah. I kind of always feel like, let's just keep working it. Let's just keep, keep trying, keep working and bludgeoning a song to death. I'm about to do that again with a song that I want to play at the park dance, actually, that we've played to some, I'm not going to say what it is here because I know some people will be listening that, that uh, are going to be listening for that song, but, um, you're going to make but, me wait. All right. I get to hear yeah, about it after the, after we after, stop recording, after the fact, but it's a yeah. song we've had for years and years and years. It's a balls to the wall, rock and roll song. And, um, we have missed it. It's, it's almost cacophonous in what we've done to it in the past. Yep. So I've, you know, we, we've gone balls to the wall. There's, there's not enough dynamic to it. There's, and there, and in the original, there is dynamic to it. And some you, of it is just really the adrenaline. You really can't tell us what it is. I can't, I'm not gonna do it now. Okay. Cause I know people who are listening that, and I don't want to be exposed there. Okay. So, uh, we, uh September 6th, I will tell you all about this. Okay. Anyway. Right. So I, you know, I'm going to bring it back in to rehearsal and hopefully I, I deconstructed it. I listened to a bunch of recordings of us in rehearsal with it. And I, all right, this, you know, this part is working. Oh, this section here is the one that is where it's starting to feel weird. And so I've actually just sent out an email, just ask the guys in the band, listen again and listen to what we're doing to it and listen, you know, to, to why it's, why it's not quite grooving or, or at least understand why it's not quite grooving for me. And let's see if we can fix it in rehearsal. So yep. that, that, so th- I'm answering your question, which is actually a real world example. Yeah. I, I won't bail for a while. Um, I assume everybody's trying to find their way through it. You know, we play, we play like some steely Dan, you know, that stuff is hard to freaking cop. Well, that, that's you know? kind of that, that. In fact, the steely Dan tune, um, steely Dan was sort of the, the, uh, prototypical image in my head when I was asking, you know, what, what do you do when you pull in a tune that somebody in the band can't play? Now we actually only play one Steely Dan tune and actually everybody in the band plays the crap out of it. It's awesome. Uh. We play pretzel logic and it's one of our favorite tunes. In fact, we're so comfortable with it that we could open with it and have, you know, but that's crazy it, to, for most Steely Dan tunes that one that, and that one included, but we just happen to play it well. So but yeah, some of them are not easy. In fact, none of them are easy. You just have to, you know, you got to take and the that's time a, with it. Yeah. And that's one of the things is, is most Steely Dan is a product. You're listening to a, um, a studio version. And that's actually a very interesting discussion. I tend to search out live music totally. to cop, to yes. see how artists reinterpret their, you know, you know, I think I may have mentioned once or twice that I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh oh, everybody get your shot glasses out. That's right. Yep. It's time to drink. So Born to Run is an incredibly overproduced song yeah. in its original format. You know, there's seven layers of guitars and you know, there there's a lot there's a lot going on in that. But if you want to play Born to Run Live, go find one of the many, 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 many recordings, YouTubes, whatever of Bruce playing Born to Run Live. And it'll give you an idea how the original artist interprets his own song in a way that he can present. Pink Floyd would be like the opposite, right? Pink Floyd's <laughs> that's pretty much the record. You know, yeah. when you see Pink Floyd live, you're, yeah, you're pretty true. much getting the same experience. But Rush, a lot of bands, Rush is the same way live. I mean, they write, amazing. their they write their songs in a way that they can play them live and, and hopefully we will get to see them live again um, someday, even though their tour has now ended, but, uh, but they're the same kind of way, right? You know, they, they, whatever you hear on the record, they're going to play live and it's going to be massively difficult to cop that. Very much. You yeah. too would be kind of in between, right? There's a yeah. little bit of the production rolled off of it and you can actually see, but you know, there's so much production in, in, um, in that guy's guitar sound and the edges guitar sound. That's true. But 
you get a very, very, you know, what the drummer and the bass player are doing in that band live gives you a very, very, very specific idea about what you can do to bring those songs to life live. That, that's it. I hate to be that, you know, get off of my lawn kind of guy, but the, you and I as kids playing in bands, we didn't have the benefit of easily being able to say, okay, I've heard the studio version. Now let's go just, you know, dig up a live version. I mean, it was, you sometimes had to go see the band live and then, you know, one of the guys would come back and, and say, oh, I saw them live and they ended it this way. And, it, oh, I totally see how we can make this work, you know, and and you just have to trust them. Like, OK, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> Get off of my lawn. Get, I know. I know. I know. But it's great that we have that now. I mean, I'm I totally am happy to be living with what we have. It's fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. I mean, I, I would love to do this more because digging deeper into repertoire and finding new songs, finding new ways to do songs and where you get the inspiration from. This is really interesting conversation to me. Like you asking, when do you punt? We could talk about this for hours. I could, I could think about Ah. 10 songs that I stayed with too long, really frustrated my band, tried to force success on them. And so it's actually a leader question, It is, but the musicians have to have to know when to say, dude, this is, I think it's me this is the best that I can give you on this. And you know, that happens too. And you know, that's, well, and that it, can be any- sometimes it's not just me or, you know, and me could be any one of the people in the band. Sometimes it's this song doesn't yeah. fit this, this band. band and it's, yeah. it's multiple me's and, and that's the, one of the hardest things to deal with it. And you're right. It's a, it's a leader thing with that kind of stuff. I tend to, uh, you know, R- Russ and I, uh, if you had to pick leaders of fling, I, I mean, Russ certainly is the glue that holds it all together. But when it comes to songs and stuff, I tend to be the one, like I said, I build the set list. So if a song is not going to work live, I'm, I'm the one that is, is going to be the one that says, yeah, we just won't put it on the set list. And, and then mm. we don't play it. And, and I, and I, but I try to be really aware of, I'm, Oh wow. Look at that. I keep skipping that song. Why? You know, and, <laughs> and try to ask the question, And sometimes it's, well, you know, it just doesn't work for this band. And I can't point the finger at any one of us. It's just we don't play it well. Um, I will say this. The House Rockers have gotten to an interesting place where we are gelling enough as a band and been together long enough as a band. And we have kind of a good core group that comes to see us that creates a certain amount of acceptance and energy when we play. We are getting close to that rarefied place. I'm not to say we're there all the time, but we can take songs and you know, that phrase is make them your own. Yeah. We've got to take a song and stay as true to the, you know, the chorus and the melody as we want, but we can kind of, we can kind of have a little fun with it in our own way and it go over. And that's a lot of what, you know, we, we do a song by, uh, there's this pop singer named Jesse J. I mean, it's a, it's a you know, 20 year old girl who sings a song yep. and Nick, Nick sings it and it's fun and it's hysterical and it, and it grooves the horn charts amazing. And we're, we're kind of getting to that place and you earn that by building a, an audience where yep. the people are coming instead of, instead of people come saying, prove it to me. I want to hear say, the record. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. So, so that, that's a, not a bad place to aspire to me. I don't know. I guess if you're good enough, anybody could do that at any point in time. Yeah. But when you're a cover band, I mean, I think people coming to hear, their songs and their get their memories back. But once you've got an audience that you've earned and they're saying, what are you going to do to, you know, thrill me this me. time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's kind of a nice yeah, place to get to. It is. And we do that with fling. We've got, you know, the, probably the, the easiest example I can pull out is uh, we play Two become one, the spice girls tune. 
and uh perfect right perfect it's i mean it we're definitely not going to make it sound like the spice girls it's just not going to happen i mean no it's better if you don't well if you tried to it would be a disaster yeah you know people might not get the shtick right right that's right but you picked it because it's a it's a bit of a laugh but you know but it's also something people can sing along yeah there you go yeah yeah. Yeah. You find the core of it and you just play whatever you can play to it. And I think that's part of it. I, part of these, some of these songs when I, when I'm, like I said, I'm going through the set list and skipping something. It's when we can't play it to the standard of whomever cares about it. I mean, it comes back to that, that conversation of, you know, what is it that you care about? And, and I, and I've called our bass player out on this a lot and I'll, I'll say it again. You know, Burke is, is someone that when he brings a song in most of the time, he really cares to make it sound like the, you know, the, he wants the groove of the band that played it. And, and, you know, some of that stuff, we, you know, we, he brings in some dead tunes. He, he brought in some, uh, some Derek and the, Derek and the Domino's tune. And it just, we will never play a song like those bands. We can play songs by those bands, but we have to be able to interpret them in our way that we will just never get to that place. And, uh, and that's part of what, what steers me away from him. It's like, well, we're never going to hit the mark that has been set by the guy who brought it in. So we can't play it. And until he lets go of that. And when with some tunes he has, and then it's like, okay, great. You know, now, now we can play it. No problem. But he also brings in some killer tunes. Like he brought in that steely Dan tune and it when at first, when he said it, I'm like, Oh, this is another one of these crazy ones. And it was perfect. Uh, it just works. Perfect. So we've learned to, to try everything he he comes up with, because a lot of times, more often than not, it's awesome. Even though the idea keep an open mind. Yeah. The idea on paper is like, oh, there's no way this is got to keep an open mind. You have to. Yeah. And it and it pays off. Fifty three minutes, you my well. friend. Fifty three minutes. Perhaps our longest we could probably go ever. for we could go for another two hours easily on this. Topic. Well, we did two topics, really. I mean, we started this song topic at the twenty six minute mark, which. Uh, which was fine, but we certainly didn't have to. We could have wrapped it up there and, and called it a day, but but we oh. did not. It was good. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for listening, folks. Send us your feedback to feedback at giggabpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, giggabpodcast. We would love to hear from you and uh, tell us what you think. Don't just take a moment to yell at us when Paul's on vacation. Tell us what you want to hear on the show. Not just that you want to hear a show. I mean, that's good that you want to hear a show. We like that. But give us some ideas. Tell us your thoughts about And we just gave you 54 minutes. So give us uh, 30 seconds of what you thought of, uh, of what we said. I know it touched a nerve. I hope mm-hmm. it did. <laughs> good show, Dave. Good show, Paul. Thanks, man. See you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.